And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. We're here for an emergency edition of Spin Rate. My name is Drew Fairservice. I'm being joined by the Athletics lead Blue Jays writer. She covers the team for the Athletic, Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, how are you? Good. I'm a little surprised, um, as are you. I think that we were on the podcast a couple days ago, kind of trying to calm the flames a little bit around the Blue Jays. And um, it seems like maybe they were hotter than we thought, um, which is understandable in some ways. Um, But also, this is a little surprising because I think it goes against the nature of this front office that seems to be a little bit more plotting, slow moving, analytical in their decision making. And it's, you know, understandable that sometimes these managerial firings happen when a team is underperforming as Blue Jays are. But I think that a lot of us thought that the front office would give it a little bit more time, maybe. Mm-hmm. You can listen, of course, to that episode that we recorded on Monday, you and I, uh, if you subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. If you sub- you don't have to subscribe to The Athletic to subscribe to the show, but if you go to theathletic.com slash finrate, you can subscribe to The Athletic, get a tidy discount and get ad-free versions of the show through the app. Boom. We do it twice a week. Here we are. Second time this week. Emergency pod. Blue Jays have, re- have relieved manager Charlie Montoyo of his duties as a man- manager. And it was really interesting because... In the aftermath of our episode, we got, you know, we usually get some feedback. People say a couple of things here and there on Twitter when we share it, which is kind of like the main avenue that you and I kind of you know, do this sort of stuff other than, you know, when you're, of course, writing about the, the team. But the feedback was like, thanks, thanks so much for being, you know, the feedback was good. People weren't saying that we were being shills for the team. They were saying it was, we, we took a more measured approach. We were, I think we were doing exactly what you just let out. We were kind of trying to take a read of the situation based on what we know about the Blue Jays front office and how they operate. I think that, that while we were wrong, that, that, that it wasn't going to happen. I, I think a lot of the stuff that, that was true then is still true now. They're not, I don't think the Blue Jays front office is firing Charlie Montoyo and expecting it to be a great fix that's going to address all of the challenges within the team. It's not going to fix the start. It's not going to fix the starting rotation. It's not going to bolster the bullpen all on its own. Um, there is a sense now, and as often happens, there are now bubbling reports about the uh, mood in the in the clubhouse and whether or not Charlie had lost them or whether or not the, you know, I think I saw Arash Madani just saying that the front office was done with Charlie Montoyo, which is Always odd to hear it come out after the fact, I guess, because they tend to be grumblings, maybe that aren't exactly ready to be shared. But um, is that something, you know, what do you make of some of these these, these grumblings and this sort of stuff that's bubbling up now that uh, while, while the body is still warm, so to speak? But uh, what do you think about it being beyond just the time, a move for the sake of making a move? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough for me to say without kind of, going in there and talking to some people now and saying, you know, what, what happened? Um, I, 
you know, I can see a scenario where maybe Charlie's leadership style, um, you know, while it was good for young players transitioning to the major leagues, um, you know, I think maybe a criticism of him or something that was sort of talked about of him is, you know, is this the type of manager, is he the right fit to lead a contending team, you know, to the major leagues and, um, or sorry, to lead a contending team in the major leagues. I don't know what I'm saying there. Um, but you know, I, I think that there was with a manager, you're, you're also going to get, you know, players that, um, really vibe with him and some players who don't, you know, so, um, it, all these things kind of come out after, um, I think that honestly, like, to me, when Charlie got the sort of very tepid one-year extension, um, that signaled to me that there wasn't, you know, a ton of faith in him. Um, that, you know, reading into that situation a little bit, um, you know, sometimes with these things like front office positions, managerial positions, like they're not reported. The years and the term aren't reported to the same extent that players are. Um, so I don't even know that we ever knew um, the complete terms. I think that there was a report, maybe Shai had it, that there was sort of like some option years with Charlie. Um, but the only publicized sort of extension that he got was that one year, which obviously is not, he's not going to be around for it. Um, so, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, it feels like it just kind of was given to him because they didn't want him being that sitting duck manager, but it certainly wasn't a huge show of faith, um, that he, you know, is like, here's this team that we're building that we think is going to be a contender for years and years and years. And oh, by the way, here's one extra year of an extension for you. Like, I think looking back and in hindsight, you can kind of read into that. That's what I would say on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just been a frustrating year for the Blue Jays, honestly. Like, I don't know if the expectations have been too weighty. I think that also, like, we have to say that, in these situations, yeah, the manager is usually the fall guy, but the players deserve some blame. There's some players on this Blue Jays roster that aren't playing to their potential. You know, there's guys at the top. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he's having a good season, um, but by his standards, it's not been great. We know he can be a lot better. Bo Bichette's playing at an average major league level, maybe just slightly above it. We know he can be a lot better than that. You know, there's other guys that we've talked about. Teoscar's not having the year you kind of want him to. Um, you know, the 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 pitching staff, some of the guys have been struggling. Barrios has been, although he had a great outing yesterday um, against the Phillies, um, you know, obviously it's been an inconsistent year for him. But I would also say that the front office deserves some blame um, because they didn't build a shutdown bullpen. They knew the bullpen was going to be an issue. Um, they were hoping that they could just score six, seven runs a night and those warts in the bullpen wouldn't show as much. And that hasn't been the case. The bull, the, the offense has been good. It's at sometimes been the best in the league, um, but not for the whole season. And so because it's been a bit of an inconsistent offense, those warts in the bullpen have shown a lot more. Um, the starting pitching has been a little more up and down than you wanted it to be. And that goes mm-hmm. on the front office because they made the risky signing of Yusei Kikuchi. They knew he was not going to have a lot of time to iron out those kinks with Pete Walker and the coaching staff in spring training. They knew how risky that signing was. And now we're seeing him on the IL with a neck strain, um, which is, you know, quote unquote, a neck strain. Um, so he threw a bullpen the other day. Yeah. He threw a bullpen. He looked pretty good mm-hmm. to me. Um, in the sense that he looked, <laughs> but he looked healthy. Um, like, well, look at that. So, He's throwing that hard. It looks from here. Yeah. Look at that. Bang, bang. You can hear the glove um, from here. So, so that's what I mean in that, like, this is the type of situation where, 
you know, the manager goes, but it's the blame goes all around. And it's interesting because Ross, Ross Atkins is going to talk to us at three 30, I think. And he's going to have to answer a lot of questions because this is on him too. He's the one that built this roster. Charlie Montoyo had been a well, right now is serving as a sufficient meat shield for both the players in the front office. Yeah. And now there is no more scapegoat. There won't be any more scapegoating of anybody else other than those who have a bit more of a direct hand in how these things and how the season goes. The players who might have been grumbling or sniping or upset or disappointed with the way that the challenges were going or or the way that the batting order is or whatever, or the small in-game decision-making that might aggravate fans and, and apparently now has ag- aggravated players. Uh, the front office has kind of removed that security blanket. Like, here you go. And the same thing with the front office, as you said, now they have, they, they've made a move that in some ways might look panicky, all, in, in, depending on who, on who your perspective. Obviously that's, that's kind of how it feels to me. Um, I think mm-hmm. the timing is interesting. There's not a lot to be said about the timing, uh, but uh, the other news is, of course, that John uh, John Schneider is going to take over as an, on the interim level, and and Casey Candele is coming up from Buffalo to be the bench coach. So Schneider is a guy who a lot of the players are familiar with. Um, are we going to see a different kind of manager? Are we going to see a different kind of vibe around the team? I don't know if anyone can say that for sure. I'd be surprised. I mean, he kind of you think he gets it. Um, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, in a way to think like, okay, well, it's, it's almost tragic for someone who's just spent their whole life in baseball and then finally get their shot as a manager and have them now suddenly been be treated as like a babysitter. Like Charlie was there to speak Spanish to these guys until they got their feet wet. And then now he's cast aside and they're just like, well, here's the, here's the big white dude now. And he's going to come in and lay down the law. Like, I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the best version of the Blue Jays is the, you know, I, you, you and I both see so many people talking about the lack of focus or the Blue Jays. We talked about this at length on Monday. So um, in any, in any event, the, the security blankets are gone. The Blue Jays and the, and, and the fans uh, or sorry, the, the front office and the players uh, maybe out of excuses is a, is a strong term, but they need to now figure out what uh what what it's on there it's at their feet now the fate of the season depends now on the players stepping up and and being galvanized or not not having any more excuses uh however that takes life will be interesting to see i think i saw scott mitchell from tsn saying that or no it was nick it was nick ashburn basically like the team is going to you know, regression to the mean is probably going to happen. They're going to play better because they're a better team than they've been. And whether yeah. or not we want to correlate it to the, the manager going, uh, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It didn't work for the damn angels. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at, I want to make three points and you sort of alluded to one that I was going to make is like, sometimes these things can go the way the, the angels where it's like a flawed team is a flawed team. It doesn't really matter. They haven't, they've not, if anything, they've gotten worse, honestly, or they just really haven't gotten better. I think their GM um, Perry Mizian, Manazian, Manazian. Um, he came out the other day and he said, this is on me. I built the roster. This is on me. Um, so if we go ahead a month's time and the Blues are where they are now, like basically cl- like barely hanging on to a playoff spot, then yeah, Ross Atkins has to come out and say, it's on me. I didn't build the, the roster, but as you say, these things can go the way that the Phillies went and they, you know, fired Joe Girardi, um, you know, the, the word on him was he was a bit intense and maybe that wasn't what the Phillies needed. And so they've obviously brought in um, their interim GM. Or judging interim by the, uh, the res- judging by the restricted list for the Phillies is when they came here to Canada, they're not a lot of guys that like being told what to do. So maybe, uh, maybe intense. wasn't, wasn't the right match for that group. We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first check this out. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It'll be different to interesting to see how John Schneider manages. How does the vibe change? Or is, does or is the does the coat get burned? Is the seeds done? Is the barrio disbanded? You know, well, what's, let what's me it let be? me make two final points here. A John Schneider, I think he he actually is not entirely dissimilar to Charlie in the sense of mm-hmm. like I think that he understands how to communicate with players. I think communication is a really important thing for him. And that was something that was always really big with Charlie. I think, um, you know, one maybe advantage that John Schneider has is that he's known some of these young players a long time, like Bo Mm -hmm. and uh, Vladdy are the guys that you, you know, mentioned that he, he obviously managed, but there's other guys, Santiago Espinal and Danny Jansen and uh, some of the, pitchers and have been with him and um, Lourdes Gurriel and Kevin Beach here. A, a lot of guys, a lot of guys knew him as they were coming up, obviously know him very well right now. And I would say like John Schneider, like the vibe that I get with him is he's pretty relaxed with the players. He kind of sees himself as their coach, but also their friend. Like there's been a few times where he's, he calls, he calls Danny Jansen, like his son, his eldest son. Like he just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> because um he just is so close with him and obviously having that sort of catcher bond, I think. And Danny Jansen is just a very personal guy. They've gotten close. So that's kind of the relationship that John Schneider has with them is that, and I think as a bench coach, you can have that type of relationship with players. You can be more like the friend, you know, the manager sometimes has to lay down the law with the players, but the bench coach can come in after and say, okay, guys, so like, let's, you know, I'm your friend. I'm here for you guys. So that actually dynamic is going to be interesting to me. How does that change slightly? He's obviously been a manager before, been in the minor leagues. So, um, that to me is going to be something that is, um, you know, interesting to, to see how that, um, relationship evolves and how he handles, cause it's not easy. It's not easy to step in as a manager. He's never been a major league manager before. He obviously was mm-hmm. done in the minors, but he he's like Charlie. He's never led, um, a major league team before his time in the major leagues has been the same as Charlie. He came in, in that sort of major league coaching role. He's moved to the bench coach role in this last sort of year and a half. Um, and the other point that I wanted to make on this, um, not really a point, but let me just say that, uh, I really enjoyed talking to Charlie. He was, you know, one of the nicest um, men that I've met in baseball. Um, you know, a lovely guy to just chat with a lovely family. Um, you know, it was really sweet seeing his son, Alex, his youngest son, Alex was, you know, basically part of the team. He was always around in the clubhouse. The, the players loved him. Um, the staff loved him. Um, and, you know, on this day, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about it's not just Charlie losing his job. And I think if 
Charlie's been in baseball long enough. He knew his team was underperforming. He knew he was on the hot seat. He knew he knew he just got a one-year extension. All these things he knew about. So I'm I'm sure that he could kind of see that this was a possibility. But you know, for his 14-year-old son who just loves going to the ballpark every day and was friends with the players, like it's going to be hard on him. It's going to be hard on the family. Charlie's going to get through it. He's probably going to get more opportunity, maybe not as a manager right away, but obviously he's got great connections. He's well-loved at baseball. I think this is not the end of Charlie in some capacity um, in major league baseball, but I just wanted to say like, I so appreciate all Charlie's time learning from him, getting to know him. Um, and you know, I, I feel for him. I know it's business and I know it's baseball and I know these things happen, but I'm going to miss seeing Mm -hmm. Charlie every day. Honestly, just yesterday, like I wasn't on the road trip and I sat down and in his manager's office, I have a seat that I always sit in and it's, everybody knows it's my seat. And just like, you know, Charlie turns to me and it's like, Hey, Caitlin, I haven't, you know, haven't seen you in a while. And it's like, I'm going to miss that. You know, he was a really nice guy, really got to know him well. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure the players, um, whether that, whether they were, you know, huge fans of him, whether they, you know, didn't love his manager. saw I don't know every player's intimate opinion on Charlie, but I would guarantee that, you know, everybody feels for him because at the end of the day, everybody agreed upon, like Charlie was, you know, one of this, like, most genuine, nice guys you'll meet in baseball. And so I'm glad I got to know him. I'm glad that I covered the team. Um, And, you know, I'm glad that he got some fun years in Toronto. He really loved this place and he deserves credit for, you know, navigating the team last year through a terrible season where they were playing in different ballparks. He he, He doesn't maybe get as much credit as he deserves as what he did last year. And even kind of leading this team from a losing team into a winning team. He doesn't get to see it to the end, but, you know, I appreciate him nonetheless. Absolutely. And, and that, that is a common consensus. And I think that's the kind of thing we're going to see and hear um, in the next coming uh, hours and days um, until, you know, the grind takes over and then that's it. And then it's, uh, you know, what kind of job is John Schneider doing? What kind of impact is, is, uh, is Casey Candeli making? Uh, and it all remains to be seen. Um, you know, Charlie, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a tough business, but at this point, you know, there's, there's only so many levers that they can pull. And, and, and while you and I were both sort of, I don't know that this is going to be the most effective thing. Uh, this is where we are. So the blue Jays will move on from Charlie Montoyo. They have replaced their manager uh, in here in the middle of the season while sitting in a playoff spot. And uh, one other, a couple other things about John Schneider there, I think there was a sense, especially before the blue Jays hired Charlie Montoyo, that this was almost John Schneider's job in waiting. Uh, I had previously attributing a tweet to, to Scott Mitchell. What he actually said was something to the effect of, John Schneider's name was one that was going to be popping up a lot in managerial searches this coming off season. So maybe the Blue Jays felt threatened about uh, the prospect of losing him. And I believe the quote in, in, in Scott Mitchell's tweet was also, he was basically doing the job anyway, which is very interesting. And it's always interesting the way these things come out. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, again, uh, as we discussed fans, so many fans, we kind of put ourselves in that fan position in some ways where it's like, man, there's so much passion and they want to see something done. And and in a way it feels desperate, but at the other, at the end of the day, you know, there are only so many other moves that the team can make other than selling unless, unless they just started trading everybody like, well, we're done. We're not going to win this year. So let's trade all the potential free agents. Let's move on. Uh, Not that likely. Anything else, Caitlin, anything else you got for us? No, just win, baby. That's, that's where we are. Uh, This is the blue Jays. Just win, baby. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, well, I'll have more from today. The fallout, obviously. Um, look for Kate that. We'll have more from this for today. We were happy to hop on 
and crank out this reaction pod to the Blue Jays firing manager Charlie Montoya, who leaves the team with a 500 career record, navigating through some pretty tough times and being dealt with dealt a pretty lousy team at first. And the old, uh, I, there's one more thing that I want to say. I think it's on it's the thing that's on the back of everybody's mind right now. I'm just going to say what we're all thinking. Free John Gibbons. Free Gibby up. Free Gibby. Bring him back. Bring him home. Bring John Gibbons home. Her name is Caitlin McGrath. My name is John Gibbons, stand number one, Drew Fair Service. Thank you, everybody, for popping in with us for this quick hitting edition of Spin Rate. We'll be back before you know it with more. Let's get ready. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.